Hello, and welcome to Talking Taxes Hill Roundtable, a Bloomberg tax podcast where we discuss everything tax-related on the Hill. We'll sit down with the Daily Tax Report's Hill team to give you an in-depth look into the latest in legislative activity dealing with tax. I'm your host, Matthew Bedingfield, and I'm excited you're here with us today. Welcome to Talking Taxes Hill Roundtable, a Bloomberg tax podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about everything tax-related on the Hill. I'm your host, Allison Versprill, a Capitol Hill reporter here at Bloomberg Tax, uh, filling in for our normal host, Matthew Bedingfield. Today, I'm joined by Laura Davison, another Hill reporter at Bloomberg Tax. Wow, what a busy week, Allie. (laughs) It has been a busy week. Uh, So first, Laura, I wanted to talk to you about, um, you know, the big news yesterday, the new agreement between the Office of Management and Budget and Treasury over the review of tax regulations. Can you fill us in on what that agreement does and how it's different from what we've had in the past? Yes, so for the past several months, uh, there's been discussions between the Treasury Department and the Offices of Management, sorry, in the Office of Management and Budgets, like sort of a subsection, OIRA, the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs. This is basically the, the group within the White House that sort of reviews regulations that comes out. And for, you know, since 1983, Uh, Most tax regs have not gone through this office. There's a few examples, things like the 385 debt equity rules, big deal regulations. Those were reviewed, but for the most part, everything the Treasury puts out uh, in terms of tax regulations uh, doesn't get like a second reviewer. Um, With this new tax law, there was some concern coming from um, some senators in Congress, Senator Lankford from Oklahoma being an example, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, another one. Some Republicans were saying, look, we don't think that the Treasury Department is going to do enough to sort of perpetuate congressional intent in this law. So these talks got started um, particularly in earnest a couple months ago. And OIRA said, look, we want to have more, uh, you know, reviewing power over these regulations. Treasury was a little bit hesitant. Uh, You know, of course, if they have this final say on stuff, you know, you don't really want another, uh, get another cook in the kitchen, so to speak. Uh, so they compromised, essentially. What they, where they landed is that OIRA does get to review uh, tax regulations if they meet certain thresholds, like really basic, boring stuff uh, won't get uh, reviewed, but uh, higher issue stuff, so things for like the pass-through deduction or interest expense deduction will be reviewed, most likely, by OIRA. There's a 45-day period, unless both OMB, OIRA, and Treasury agree that it should be expedited, um, this is specifically for things related to the tax law, um, those will get a 10-day period. So this sort of addresses concerns uh, that critics of this idea were like, whoa, this is going to totally slow down the tax reform process and people aren't going to get the guidance they need. So 10 days, basically two weeks, uh, and that'll be out the door. Uh, And people were pretty pretty pleased with this. Um, There's still, I think, a lot of questions about how exactly this will work. Um, We haven't had this, this happen in practice yet. Uh, but overall, both Treasury and OIRA folks seem that they've reached a good deal. Senators who are who were concerned about this also say, look, we can support this. This does. It walks a fine line between giving OIRA oversight, but also not slowing down the process. I also did talk to a lot of former officials yesterday, and I would say if there's any concern about this new agreement, it's mostly uh, for the sense that this is a completely new thing than we've seen for the past 35 years. And so a lot of them are saying, you know, we'll have to see how this is implemented in practice. Uh, you know, former Treasury officials in particular say that there's some concern that by having OMB have more review over tax regulations, that could inject uh, maybe some more political bias into the reg writing process uh, because, o- because OMB is under the executive office of the president. Um, not to say, I mean, there are political appointees at Treasury as well, but they just claim that usually top leadership at Treasury is more deferential to kind of the 
nonpartisan career staff at, at the department. Um, and I know another issue that was raised was, you know, where does this leave lobbyists? Um, are they going to be able to go to OMB, too, if they have some concerns about tax regulations rather than just to Treasury and the IRS? A lot of things that we'll have to see play out kind of in the next months, years, uh, what have you. Uh, so another big development that we saw this week was uh, the movement on this bill to kind of retool the IRS or this legislative package to retool the IRS. The Ways and Means Committee considered it earlier this week, and they approved um, this package, which includes 12 separate bills. On April 16th, that package will go to the uh, Rules Committee, and then it's going to go to a a vote on the House floor later in the week, according to uh, Kevin, Kevin McCarthy. The three bills that will be considered next week are one, protecting children from identity theft. Uh, another will make several kind of large organi- larger changes to the IRS, including creating a new independent office of appeals. Um, and then the third is a bill to really boost cybersecurity and the IT systems at the agency. Uh, so we'll see potentially some movement there. Uh, talking to the folks on the Senate side, they're really still kind of figuring out the path forward for what they want to do there. Um, did you have any thoughts on on this movement? Yeah, well, so the timing here is sort of the thing. So every year, Congress, uh, particularly in the House, they look to move some sort of package affecting the IRS right around the filing deadline because that's when, you know, the majority of Americans are, are paying attention to tax issues and they can look here. We're trying to make the IRS better. We're trying to protect your data, uh, you know, keep that more secure. We're trying to, you know, make the process for, you know, appeals for litigating tax cases, you know, go more smoothly, et cetera. Um, so the House usually does this. Uh, it usually takes, you know, like most laws, takes a, or most bills, takes a lot longer for the Senate to get around to doing anything with it. So this, these kind of came out quickly from the House. We'll see if the Senate picks it up. Uh, we, don't, we don't know yet, uh, but th- that's something to, to watch. And, and next week will be sort of another big week of uh, kind of IRS issues being talked about in the, um, in the House and Senate. There's a hearing on the House side, um, House Oversight Committee um, bringing in Nina Olson and some other folks to talk about, you know, kind of the state of play at the IRS. Right. And, and like I said, it's also kind of interesting that, um, you know, this is marketed as a larger package, but they are seeming to come to the Hill and kind of in their individual fo- bill form. So um, we'll have to see, you know, how the rest of that package moves uh, going forward. Uh, and so the other big news uh, happening on the Hill this week was, you know, the unexpected announcement from Paul Ryan, or I guess there had been some talk of this, but he said he's not going to be uh, you know, running for re-election. Can you, can you maybe talk about that a little bit, Laura? Yeah, so Paul Ryan caught his great big white whale last year, tax reform. That's been the thing, uh, you know, one of a couple of pro- policy priorities he, he's had since he's been on the Hill for 20 years. Uh, finally got that, you know, he started out as, you know, 20 years ago as a freshman member, you know, became budget chairman, was Ways and Means chairman just for a brief period of time um, after Dave Camp left and, and before Kevin Brady, you know, he was then elevated to the speakership. Um, so... There's been some speculation for months whether he was going to stay, whether he was going to go. Uh, he finally announced that he would go. This is not particularly good news for Republicans, uh, particularly in the House. They're they're worried uh, about facing tough re-elections. Uh, they're worried they might lose their majority. Um, this is sort of yet another blow. You see all these retirements, or see you know certain districts that are were very you know very much Republican in 2016 that are now flipping. Um, in terms of tax policy, it probably doesn't mean that much. Um, Paul Ryan kind of did what he was going to do. There's been some talk about doing like a phase two of tax cuts this year. 
that's really largely um, kind of political talking points to kind of get people jazzed up for the elections. It's unlikely that we'll see, you know, Paul Ryan was heavily involved in, in the big six talks last year with, you know, Kevin Brady, Orrin Hatch, Gary Cohn, those guys. Um, we're not going to see that level happening this year. So, you know, having a speaker that's maybe less engaged in tax policy doesn't really matter, essentially. You know, Kevin Brady will kind of continue to run the show as he has over there. Um, and we're not going to see stuff rise to the level of leadership um, like we did in 2017. Right. And then there was one last thing I did want to discuss uh, before I let you go here, and that's the, um, I know we talked about to Representative Vern Buchanan this week, and uh, he said, you know, he's the chairman of the Tax Policy Subcommittee at Ways and Means, and he said that he's going to have folks coming in to meet with him next week to kind of defend extenders, which are these temporary tax breaks that have, you know, been kind of continually been renewed over the last couple years. Um, can you talk about what they, that may mean? Yeah, so this has been kind of one of the priorities that, that House uh, Ways and Means Republicans have laid out. If they want to, you know, there's like 39-ish uh, provisions that have been uh, kind of classified as extenders. Vern Buchanan said he's, he wants to get that down to like five or six. So they're either looking to make these, you know, permanent to get rid of them or maybe phase them down over time. Um, so he's having this closed-door meeting where members can come in next week and say, hey, make the case of here's what you should do with this, here's why it's important to my district. Um, or conversely, if you really hate one of them, you can go in and say that too. This is not open to the public, so if you care about one of these things, this would be the time to call your congressman and, uh, and you know, make sure that uh, they know that you, that you want, uh, you know, the break, the tax break for biodiesel or you know whatever whatever uh, extender it is that you care about. So potentially another active week next week. Uh, well, thank you for joining me, Laura, and it's been it's been great giving this update on the Hill. Thank you for joining us today on Talking Tax. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloomberg Tax and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. It's been a pleasure having you here with us and tune in next time for even more analysis on the tax news of the day.